I, I think everybody has uh, probably one or two grammar things that no matter how, how well you know grammar, you always have to check. Your versus your. Their versus their. Versus their. Versus their. And one of those things uh, people have trouble with is apostrophes. For example, when Ian and I send out our Christmas card, does it come from the Danforth Chillogs with an S or an apostrophe S? On the line with us now is David Brindley. He's on the board of the American Copy Editors Society and the managing editor of National Geographic. And now we want to warn you, we are talking about grammar. So that can get a little boring. So every once in a while, we're going to put in a dance break. Makes sense. So David, what are we supposed to do? Well, I, nine times out of ten, I would say draw, don't use an apostrophe at the end of your name because you're probably just going to get it wrong. So, for example, my name, Brindley, if, it was, if I'm talking about my car, it's David Brindley's car. But if you're sending a, uh, typically a family, like the Brindley family, will send a card out and it'll come from the Brindleys, which is a plural. So a plural is different from a, a possessive. So when you send out the Christmas card or the holiday card, it kind of it's coming from you. In this case, the Brindleys. Just put the S, no apostrophe. Absolutely, just S, no apostrophe. Fire it all. Now it gets confusing. So, for example, if your last name ends in an S. Let's say Jones, J O N E S. Mm-hmm. If you want to make a plural from that, you add an E S. So it's the Joneses. Okay. But typically, plurals just add. You just add, a, add an S to to make a plural. Typically. All right. Well, let's let's get into some of the tricky stuff. Let's say okay. uh, in this Christmas letter, I want to title it uh, the Johnsons' wonderful year. Mm-hmm. What am I doing apostrophe-wise there? Because it's both plural and possessive. Well, that's, that's simple. So you've got your plural, Johnson's, and for a plural possessive, you just add the apostrophe. So the Johnson's wonderful year, and that's your, your Christmas newsletter to everybody. And what if it's, uh, let's go back to that example, the Jones. So then it would just be, so you have the Jones, you add the E-S to make it, the plural, and then you just add an apostrophe for the possessive. And that's the plural possessive. I'm looking at that right now. That's a pretty crazy looking word, the Joneses with the apostrophe at the end. Kind of awkward. So maybe you can recast it to say, you know, a wonderful year by the Joneses. What about the singer Kesha, who spells her name with a dollar sign? (laughs) Am I obligated to use a dollar sign again at the end if I give her a possessive? No, I I would use a... No, it would just be an S. Okay. Yeah, it would just be apostrophe S. Well, David, thank you so much for uh, explaining this to us. Thank you, Mike. It's been a joy. This is How to Do Everything. I'm Mike. And I'm Ian. On today's show, a cross-cultural exchange. But first... Hey, Marcy. What can we help you with? Hey, um, I'm going through laser hair removal right now. And before I started it, people said it's being, like, snapped with a rubber band. And it took an instant for me to realize they were liars. 
because it's like being snapped with a rubber band made of fire. And it's very painful, but just while it's happening. I'm not sure I understand what laser hair removal is. <laughs> well, it's they've got a laser that's designed to target melanin. So it goes for the root of your hair. And so that's basically what it does is it finds the, the root of your hair and incinerates it. Oh. So how many sessions did you say you have to do? Well, they say to do around 10. And I'm on, I've done... Uh, three and a half sessions because now I'm split up from like the lower leg and the upper leg because it gets so intense because every time you go in, they turn the laser up higher oh. so that the the strength is even stronger every time. Okay, so uh, best possible outcome, what, what can we do for you? Well, they recommended numbing cream, which, you know, again, going in thinking, you know, I'm tough. You know, I've, I've been through things. I can handle pain. I've had, you know, tattoos, whatever. I went in and didn't get the numbing cream. And the first visit was actually pretty tolerable. The second visit, I said, well, this feels a little spicier. And she said, oh, yeah, we turn up the laser every time. I was like, okay, I'm getting the numbing cream for the next visit. And I did, for the next two visits, have the numbing cream. And it didn't even take the edge off. So we, we'll, we'll try and find a way. To, to help you deal when, because we're headed towards stage 10 laser. Great, exactly. I think that's just a blowtorch. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so that, that conversation uh, you just heard, we recorded a couple weeks ago, and uh, now I think we have uh, someone who can help Marcy out. And Marcy actually has an appointment at this very moment, and she's agreed to talk to us on the phone while it's happening. Marcy, can you describe the scene where you are right now? I mean, a little um, doctor's office. I'm on a table, and uh, they've got a interrogation light on my legs right now as they uh, zap me with a laser. So, how are you being zapped right now? <laughs> yeah, the little thunk noises that you're hearing are individual laser zaps. Can you? Can you? I don't know how you're situated exactly, but can you hold the phone up to that sound so we can hear it a little better? Yeah, one second. Did that work? Oh my gosh! So is it like <laughs> is it like targeting each follicle and blasting it? Yeah, exactly. It targets the melanin that's in there and zaps that, and so that's what attracts the laser. And then there's a little poof of air afterwards to uh, cool down the area, but I think that's just to mock my pain. Oh, goodness gracious, she's on my right ankle now. <laughs> so we are with someone who can help Marcy out. Can, can you guys introduce yourselves for us? Philip Teal. Scott Lavallo. And what positions do you play? Hooker. Uh, back row. All right. Philip and Scott are professional rugby players. They're on the U.S. national rugby team. And we're, we're in a gym with these guys while they work out. So, guys, Marcy's on the table being zapped with lasers. What do you guys want to say to her? Well, as a man of Eastern European descent, I can tell you that I am very hairy. And um, first things first, uh, Marcy, you're beautiful the way you are, and I don't think you need to go through any uh, painful hair removal surgery to, uh, to make yourself any more beautiful. But what I would say is if you are going to go through with it, for whatever reason, is uh, you're just going to need to grin and bear it. You're going to need to find, uh, find your cave, if you will, find your power animal. Okay. That's that is a, an excellent point. However, I'm doing it for myself so that when I pull on my jeans, it's not all bristly. 
Do you have a power animal? I don't know. I mean, I don't think that a lemur is very powerful, but it's the first animal that comes to mind. Well, they tell what they say is they say, get in your cave. So there you go. So get in that. It sounds like you need to get in that cave right now. All right, I'm in the cave. And uh, I think I think what they mean is, you know, find a place that you know, a place that you've been, that you feel calm and safe and like you're not being shot with lasers. What What is that place for you? Hmm. Uh, that is probably going to be home on the couch with the dogs. Okay. okay. Let's go there. Let's take you there now, okay. Marcy. All right. Yeah. Kind of meditate. Meditate yourself into that place. Is it working? All right. Definitely better. Yeah. There you go. It's not a couch anymore. It's your cave. That's where your power animal is. Exactly. Is your lemur there? Is your lemur there with you? <laughs> yes, and my power animals are chihuahuas, apparently. Okay. Okay. They get along together. That's good. <laughs> you guys must say stuff when a, a fellow player gets he gets hit, he gets goes down on the field. What do you say to that guy to get him up, get him back, running around, not thinking about how hurt he is? Well, the most important dialogue, Marcy, that you will have is the dialogue you have with yourself. So positive self-talk. Uh, so put yourself in the third person. Speak to yourself how someone else would speak to you if they're trying to build you up. So, Marcy, you can do this. Marcy, it's not a civil war in the Ukraine. It's laser hair removal, and you'll be fine. Everything comes to an end. So, this too will pass. And, uh, I don't know, put on your favorite Beatles song, I guess. All right. Back to the cave. All right, Marcy, you can do this. It's only a few more zaps on the side, and then you can roll over and not have to shave swimsuit season. Okay. How's that feel? How, where, where's your pain level right now? Um, it's probably around a four. Okay. Uh, let me ask you this question. What is, what is your favorite Beatles song? Um, Strawberry Fields Forever. Okay. Uh, Lorna, can, can we cue that up? Okay, so we're going to play it and uh, go with it. Okay. Can you hear that? I can. Let me take you down, because I'm going to Strawberry Field. And that's very nice. How's it feeling? Yeah, that's great. I need to bring some earbuds with me next time and some Beatles. There you go. It almost sounds like the beeping of the laser fits with some of the background noise in the song. (laughs) I wonder if the Beatles ever did laser hair removal. (laughs) They were ahead of their time. I don't. I've never done laser hair removal. I can't imagine that. I, it, if it is painful, I can't imagine that it's that bad. There's a lot of really terrible things in the world, like Ebola and world hunger and war, that are a hell of a lot worse. So I think putting things in perspective might help. Well, you've never done laser hair. How did you get rid of the hair on your head? The, so, Marcy, just to fill you in, I'm a bald male, 
uh, the way I got rid of it was generations of uh, family breeding or I guess inbreeding that gave me some sort of testosterone imbalance uh, in which so the hair on my head just kind of fell out naturally. So uh, maybe you could try that and just hope <laughs> that after several generations you'll naturally not have any hair on your legs. <laughs> well, and, and just remember, uh, Mike and, and me and Scott and Philip from the rugby team and your lemur and your chihuahuas, we're all there with you. <laughs> and the Beatles. And, yeah, and, and the Beatles. Thank you so much. All right, good luck, Marcy. Uh, good luck, Marcy. Maybe stop reading uh, Red Book or Cosmo. I don't know. Those books are acid to women. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> well, guys, thanks so much for helping out Marcy. Hey, no problem. Marcy, all joking aside, we love you. We hope everything goes well. And enjoy your new bikini line. Enjoy that bikini line, Marcy. Let me take you down Cause I'm going to Strawberry fields Nothing is real And nothing to get hung about Strawberry fields forever Now is the part in our show when we take a break to talk about sponsors, uh, people who pay money to be mentioned on our on our podcast. Lots of money. And before we do that, we want to bring on a special guest. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? I'm Michael Potts, and I am the sometimes spokesperson for the little town of Casper, California, and that's spelled C-A-S-P-A-R. Well, this seems like a good time to tell you about one of our sponsors, Casper, spelled C-A-S-P-E-R. They're an online retailer for mattresses. Excellent. Casper mattresses uh, are American-made, and they're obsessively engineered for comfort. What was your town of Casper, what was it engineered for? It was engineered originally to be a lumber mill. It was the one of the biggest lumber mills on the West Coast back in 1900-1906. It generated most of the, it sawed up most of the redwood that was used to rebuild San Francisco. So not engineered for comfort. Not engineered for comfort at all. Well, uh, Casper mattresses use two technologies, latex foam and memory foam, to give just the right amount of sink and bounce. Uh, what about your Casper? Uh, do you have latex foam or memory foam? Uh, we have really good memory foam. Really? Yeah, uh, but now latex, we'd probably be more likely to use chicken feathers. Casper, uh, the mattress company, is offering a risk-free trial. You can try out a Casper mattress for 100 days, free delivery and returns. Uh, they say it's outrageous comfort at a polite price. Do you guys off offer a similar service where we could try out your town for 100 days? Absolutely. We see that about uh, a third of the people that come can't take it, and they leave. But two-thirds get stuck here and can never leave. Is it too much sink and bounce? Too much sink and bounce, exactly. Either they have sunk or they, have, they continue to bounce. You can go to casper.com slash everything to check out their options. And they have a special offer for listeners of this podcast. Use the promo code everything to redeem $50 towards a Casper mattress that works for you. Would they Would they even send one to Casper, California? I, I think they would. I Amazing. see no, no Casper-based restrictions here. Free delivery and free returns. That's astonishing. 
We heard from Tom in Largo, Florida. Tom says he listens to How to Do Everything while hard-boiling eggs. Tom, these next 15 seconds are for you. I don't eat no ham and eggs Fifteen seconds. I'm worried about these eggs. Yeah, 15 seconds. You don't hear about a 15-second egg. They're not even going to be soft-boiled. They're probably still still alive. I can't promise that what you're about to eat, Tom, is is food safe. Is it possible that in 15 seconds all Tom is doing is just incubating the egg and that it could eventually hatch? Well, enjoy, Tom, either your breakfast or your adorable new pet. In 10 minutes, she started yelling, come and get it, and the kids look good. I said I shouldn't eat it, she said. I was reading this thing this week, I think it was on Boing Boing, that, that eggnog is an almost entirely American thing. It's only in this country. But I would have thought every kind of Christmas celebrating country yeah. would drink it. But people from Great Britain. Hello. That's our producer, Jillian. Uh, you've never had eggnog. Never had eggnog. Well, let's try it. You want to try some? What is it? I assume it's egg. It's a lot of eggs. Mm. I think it's some cream. Mm-hmm. And it's some uh, some spices. Yep. Do you want okay. a little splash of whiskey in there too? Absolutely, yes. And is it, I mean, the one I have is cold. Is it always cold or is it hot? It is cold. It's a cold drink. Why don't you look at it? What do you think of that? It's a pretty thick, uh, thick drink. <laughs> uh, it looks like incompetent custard. Oh. Um, the custard that didn't set. Just custard made by an idiot. Um, well, why don't you get on in there? Okay. Yeah, first taste ever. Here it comes. Why don't you just drink whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> why are you like putting it on unnecessary gubbins? That, that was a satisfyingly British reaction. <laughs> what, what, yeah, what is that? Gubbins. Just stuff. So, Jillian, you brought in a bottle of something too. Yes. I was very excited when I found this in my local store. I've bought in some ginger wine, which is kind of the drink of your Aunt Mildred. Okay. If that makes sense. It's not a young, trendy drink. I don't want to um, mislead anyone. I've I've never yep. even heard of this. Really? I thought you would have. So you can have it um, with ice or not. I tend to not. Okay. I'll do it your way. Oh, that's great. I know, right? It's like ginger ale, but wine. I I feel like we've we've all learned a lot about each other's cultures. See, we can if we put our minds to it, we can really get together and have a good time. Yes. That. That does it for this week's show. What we learned today, Mike? Well, I learned that if you're ever in a serious pain or you're experiencing a pain, that you should go into your cave. I I feel like that makes sense. Uh unless you you live in a cave uh, where you probably experience all, all range of sensations, including pain. I think if you live in a cave and you're feeling bad, you just can like think in your head, like, go to your condo. That is probably what cavemen did. They, they went to their condo. Yeah. Mm, granite countertop. Mm. So thinking about these S's and, and apostrophes, yeah. I, I have a pretty good handle on it now. But I, I feel like the one thing left is snakes. I feel like when snakes are uh, determining possession uh, and they're speaking in their snake language and they want to say, 
that's Sean the Snake's cup, which sounds like Before we get to the credits, we want to take time to talk about one more sponsor because they paid for that. Support for How to Do Everything comes from Pajamagram. Uh, and they say if you're wishing to capture a priceless picture this holiday, Pajamagram can help with matching pajamas for the entire family, even the cat and dog. Pajamagram is the only Pajamagram maker with over 17 sets of family pajamas. That's pajamas for every member of the family, including your pets. They have styles ranging all the way from traditional to a little zany, so you're certain to find just the right theme. Check them out at pajamagram.com, all with free gift packaging. Even for the pets. I always say pajama, so I think I'm going to say pajamagram from now on. It's pajamagram. But I say pajama. How often do you do you say pajama? Whenever I put on my pajamas. Do you say time to put on my pajamas? I say Tom to put on my pajamas. How to Do Everything is produced by Jillian Donovan with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern for the final time is Kelsey Hardison. Kelsey, thank you. And uh, in the snake language, Good luck, Kelsey. Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. And visit our website, howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks. We've been told we have to get out. Yeah, okay. Okay.